Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hindsight, a nostalgia podcast. My name is Ian, and I'm joined, as always, by the employee of the month, Wes. Yes, ever memorable, Wes. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing. I'm. I'm. I'm doing famously. How about you? What are you up to? You know, I, I got up this morning feeling good. I think it's the first time this whole year I, I got up and just don't care about the burning. And just I, I feel, feel yeah. good today. I, I like that. The first time the whole year we're on like, who knows what day we're on, but we're not very far right. into the year. But it's kind of funny. I feel the same way. I mean, I've been in a good mood the last few days, too. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's refreshing. I think this doing the show just does wonders for my mind. Yeah, I'm discovering a lot of things. For the first time, I'm thinking about things for the first time in a long time. And it, it just, it's uh, like I, I told you, you know, off the air, it's almost uh, almost healing of my soul. It, it's a, a strange, it's just a refreshing feeling. I feel feel good. And I, I think that this show is, is responsible for it. Well, I, I'm definitely dusting off a lot of stuff, you know, that I, that I forgot about. And it's nice to kind of rifle through those memories makes you realize that things aren't all horrible well i think part of it is you know when we disconnect you and i are sitting here and we're disconnected from social media we're disconnected from that matrix matrix right and so we're able to remember that there's a world that existed before and it's kind of nice to see that we can still reclaim that in our memory you know, and I'm fine. I, and in fact, it's in it's it's changing the way I even interact on social media. I do it a lot less. I'm having a lot more daytime, a lot more life. I'm enjoying stuff, and that is so nice to know that I just have to put the phone down and watch an old movie, or think about the conversation that we're going to have the next day. And it's nice to be able to get away from all of the current stuff. It's great. Oh, for sure. And you know, I I haven't really done social media, and probably going on a year or so now. I've never really been huge on on updating or yeah. putting down my thoughts on Facebook or anything like that. The only social media I really use is is for my business and even then I don't post yeah, you're more not, than you're once active. every couple of months. Yeah, you're not active. And I I'm the same way. I got rid of uh the the big ones years ago and I didn't miss it. You know, people think that oh it's like if you disconnect you're going to what? lose out on cat pictures racy and offensive political posts. Ooh, can't live without that stuff. Guess what? I could. <laughs> it's been lovely. It's been great. I was concerned about uh, canceling or, or you know, leaving social media because I want to keep in touch with, you know, people from kind of my journey through the military and these people that, you know, I really probably am never going to be in close proximity to ever again. Yeah. And then since I've left it behind, what I've realized is those people don't really have that big of a impact on my life at all anyways. Good memories. Yeah, me- memories. And to be honest, out of the, the hundreds of people that are my friends, only maybe 15 or 20 of them are. Absolutely. That, and that's the thing, too. I'm the same way. I, what's wrong with the memories? I'm, I'm finding that I'm enjoying these memories a lot. You know, I, I went and reconnected. I do have a small social media presence on another on another platform and I found a my best friend from the eighth grade I don't know this guy I mean I haven't seen him since you know for 40 years I just reached out and said hey it's me from your past cool we'll follow each other it's all good and we don't talk I mean there's nothing to talk about but it was just neat to see I just wanted to see how he had turned out how his life had worked out and then I was good I was like all right I could honestly just delete you know because I don't know him and I don't care about all the extra stuff that's going on because it's really about my memories. So I did it. It was good. I'm over it. Move on. Years ago, back in 2010 or 2011, I had a friend um, from the military that she happened to be in, in the Bay Area for training. And she was there with some family, and, and they came over to, to my place. And after about 15 minutes of remember this and remember that, we realized there's nothing to talk about. Yep. Since that day... We haven't spoken at all. Yeah. And that was, you know, better yeah. part of 10 years ago. Yeah. I do have friends from high school that I, I, I stay in touch with and I, I will do things with. And those are rewarding. It's almost like the the memories for me from my high school years, those are the effervescent ones, if you will. You know, those are the ones that really hold some emotional cachet for me. And so those friendships, even though we might not have a lot to talk about, it's still nice to reconnect with those people. And I don't know why. 
those people as opposed to other people. I, I have um, my my best bud from the military. He and I stay in touch. You know, he's all over the, the country, uh, but uh, we stay in touch. My best friend from high school, he and I stay in touch. We talk yeah, fairly regularly, but most of them, they're nice, nice memories, and I enjoy them. You know, I, I, I put them in perspective. Well, I think you're right that it's okay to just uh, say that, oh, those are good memories, and, yeah. and leave them at that. Personally, I, I suffer from having looking at the past through the the rose tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. In times that I was miserable, and I know I was miserable, I look back and be like, "Oh, that wasn't that bad. It was actually kind of fun." Oddly enough, knowing full well that that was a very hard experience. The but. human brain is really weird because that's exactly what we do: is the brain discards all the negative memories, all the negative emotions, and we in it specifically fishes out only the good things so that we just remember them. And I, who knows? Maybe that's like some sort of on purpose development in the brain so that we can function moving forward, right? It's kind of like the the pangs of childbirth, I'm told. Women don't remember it. If they did, they probably wouldn't have more than one kid. I don't know, obviously. That's probably just built into our human condition. It's funny you mentioned pain. I, I read something years ago that's always stuck with me. Who knows if this is accurate? I don't remember <laughs> how reliable the source was, but they said that, you know, basically our brains are incapable of remembering any pain. We we don't have any memory of pain. You can remember yeah, no. what it was like to go through it, but not the pain itself. So you can keep going through and, and living life and you're not handicapped by always this fear of this this traumatic pain. Oh, could you imagine if you remembered the the first time you burned your hand on a stove or some hot object? You'd be afraid of every, you'd never make fire. You'd never cook, you, you know? Sure. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going near that. But oddly enough, I am scared of like getting stung by a bee, which I have to knock on wood, but. That's your, that's your never... bug phobia though. You have a mild case of bug phobia. There's got to be a, a more elegant name to it than bug phobia. I'm sure there is, but it's because I, I use bug because you have a problem with spiders, not technically a, uh, an insect. Right. And you have a problem with the bee. I don't know. Is it because they're creepy crawlies on you that are going to jab you with something? Well, no, I'm, I'm scared of spiders because I'm also scared of demons and they are one and the same. They are the bug <laughs> form of a demon. Bees are cute and important, but they can sting. And I don't know if I'm allergic because I've never been stung. Oh, really? So oh. there's a, a fear of of getting stung and finding out the hard way that I'm allergic and I just die. No, dude. Okay, I'll tell you, the bees are fine. I have never been stung by a bee. They've never given me any grief. I don't mind if they land on me because I know that I'm uninteresting and they'll fly away. The ones I hate are hornets. Those little suckers are mean, and they know they're mean. I have been stung by hornets so many times. It's ridiculous. I had one in my pant leg stinging me repeatedly, just, and I thought it was like a, a foxtail or some something stuck in there. So I reach my hand in my pant leg and I pull out what I can't identify, right? Mm -hmm. I pull it out and it's stinging me and I open my hand and it is a stupid hornet. And I freaked out, just absolutely freaked out. They don't scare me because they do it to be jerks. They're just the jerk of the animal kingdom. That's all they are. They can't really hurt you. They're not super toxic. They're just little jerks. That's all it is. Some cases, Wes, they are very big jerks. I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, the great murder hornet scare of 2020. Oh yeah, and if and if murder hornets are anywhere near me, I'm sure I'm the guy that they're going to go after because they're jerks. weren't you just stung in the? You were stung in the face recently. Was uh, it by a wasp? Yes, or a hornet? I, I got stung by a hornet, a little jerk, right? And he somehow got a stinger between my face and my glasses, and stung me right there. <laughs> I my dad one time he is getting rid of all the wasps in a uh, boat. You know, he's getting it ready for summertime. I come over to their house. He's out there just fighting them with every type of chemical, every type of broom you could imagine. He doesn't get stung once. I walk up. I am 15 feet away from him, and I hear what sounds like a very small helicopter coming and descending behind my head, and it (laughs) nailed me in the back of the neck. I wasn't doing it. So I, I have a personal distaste. For all wasps, hornets, mud daubers, you name it, they hate me. I'm no fan of them. Yeah, I don't know enough about any of them to tell who's uh, who's friendly, who's not. They're all jerks. This is obviously uh, not related to, to anything nostalgic <laughs> as we're talking here. Yeah. But um, I, I did hear something recently about, so we have like the paper wasps around here. Mm-hmm. Build the nests up in the trees or in the corners or in yep. barrels. And apparently, they are only aggressive 
like towards the end of their lifespan. Hmm. So late in the fall is is when they start to become more aggressive. That's true. Early on, they're just like live and let live. That's true. Um, but they start they it's like they know their life is ending and they just don't care anymore. And they so they start attacking you at picnics, and that's yes. when they become aggressive towards your food. So that's that's troubling. That they're they're <laughs> self aware. It. Troubling. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. So they know they're gonna die. So that means they have a level of self awareness. They're kamikaze hornets. Oh. They don't care. They're getting smashed anyways. Something's gonna grab them, kill them. Wes, what are we talking about today? Well, today we are talking about our first teen jobs yeah memories of being being kids entering the workforce trying to contribute to society earn that dollar yes i was really concerned about contributing to society i also <laughs> wanted the latest cassette oh cassette yes dated big time dating right there I'm trying to think and it's a conversation for another time talking about our first cars but i, I had a cassette player in my car and mm-hmm. i I used to call the radio station and request songs, and then when they play them, I'd record them. And oh, but. oh, oh! You're '80s kid here. I used to wait for the songs to play, and then I would hit that record button. And I have mixtapes that I'm still finding all over the house. I need to get a little. You can buy an old a Walkman. Mm-hmm. I, I need to get one so I can listen to these old mixtapes. And in fact, when I hear these old '80s songs, my brain will instantly remember what the second song was on my mixtape. It's the weirdest thing. So whatever it is, if it was something from George Michael, there's one where I had Faith. And the next song that I had on it was a Bananarama song. Yeah. yeah. And so I would go from George Michael to Bananarama in my head. Yeah. And and so because, you know, you hear Faith, you know, in the gas station grocery store pretty regularly. So my brain goes, I remember Bananarama right then. So it's just kind of a weird, the weird way my brain works you know i was uh, looking for a, a new cd to put in the car now cars don't even come with cd players my wife's car doesn't have a cd yeah player, i know but my car does and i was going through you know my, my cds for a first time in a long time i haven't purchased a cd in i think 2009 was the last I, purchased CD I purchased one a month ago no way brand new cd yes i did wow mm-hmm. we're gonna have to talk about that experience oh yeah but what i what i was saying about you know, going through my CDs and, and putting in an old mix. I had this one is just called The Pirate's Life. And it's all these different songs that have to do with pirates. I mean, there's there's a punk rock cover of um, like a, a Veggie Tales, the pirates that don't do anything song that my kids really got a kick out of. There's some other stuff That's on great. there uh, that I don't I don't know where I found it or heard about it. But you're right. Yeah, the the first song played and I was like, oh, I know what's next. Exactly. Yeah, I even have, you know, the the pirate's life for me. Like, it sounds like it was recorded, like a microphone was held up to TV speakers. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, it, that's how my mixtapes, they, they sound terrible. Oh, just the worst. <laughs> Do you know, though, we're talking about cassettes real quick. I know that a lot of in Europe, cassettes are coming back. A lot of new albums, new music that's coming out also has a cassette. And so I'm tempted to just order the cassette for the last CD that I bought just because I want to. And apparently I you have should. lots of extra money. <laughs> the $13.99 to uh, right. buy that cassette. Yeah. No, that's that's a thing lots of bands are doing. It's like vinyl came back and yeah. vinyl is actually growing in popularity. Yeah. I think happened a year or two ago for mm-hmm. the first time in, in 20 years, 30 years that the vinyl actually grew in sales. And I believe it actually outpaced CD sales. It might have. Um, I can but, see that. Uh, cassettes are, yeah, a lot of the bands that, that I follow when they release an album, obviously you have the CD mm-hmm. and then you have a cassette and a vinyl. Yeah. And, and I will say of all the mediums, CD player or CDs, cassettes, vinyl, the most compact and most dependable just from that standard was always the cassette. You know, CDs, I went through CDs so often because they, if they got a single scratch in your car and they always did, they were done. Right. Whereas a cassette could take a beating and all of us who had cassettes in our car, we knew that when we listened to it too much, we'd have to gently pull it out of the uh, the deck because it would snag the tape. Oh. And then we'd have to get that out. And then we'd have to, of course, take a, a number two pencil and fix that. <laughs> and then I would rewind and fast forward, rewind and fast forward to smooth out that wrinkled tape. But it would always Interesting. Come back. Yeah, yeah. You had your technique. But it was super portable. 
And you could leave your cassette in the floorboard of your car and then rifle through it, grab the one you wanted and play it. But when they developed the ability to fast forward and it would stop at the next song, Mm -hmm. because that's were perfect. Well, you had the money to buy them because of of entering the workforce. Of my first job, yeah. Where was your first job? It was at a little tiny market, like a, a a small supermarket. And it was hell. How old were you? I was 16. It was the worst. I was 16, so that would have been like 1987. It was the worst job ever. I had a, a boss who, you know, she was just not very friendly. And her son was great. He was he worked there as well, and he was a super nice guy. I don't know how that apple fell from that tree. He was great, made it bearable. Um, all the other high school kids that they employed were all locals. And this was in a, um, a kind of a hard scrabble town. And I lived in the outskirts of the town, so I didn't know any of the little local guys, but they were all kind of rough, and I did not enjoy that time oh. at all. It was all good, but you know, you, you, you stocking shelves and sweeping up cleanups and aisles and stuff like that. It was always it was it was interesting. I do remember though that I had a the the uh, the guy who worked in the grocery department, the you know the produce department. Excuse me, Bob. Bob was about 75 and i loved bob he just imparted so much wisdom and in fact bob bob's been dead now for 15 years Mm. but it's interesting that now just talking to you i'm thinking oh my god i haven't thought about bob in years and he was a neat old guy and turned out he was a neighbor around the way from my parents house so they knew bob as well our next door neighbor is the one who got me the job um, he was a good guy too. So we had some good guys, but they were all not teenagers. All the teens that I worked with there were really rough and, uh, they were the reason God made alcohol. <laughs> yeah. How about you? What'd you do? I mean, outside of doing, you know, odd jobs, you know, digging ditches for uncle Brian in his backyard, right. Making that, that $50 or, or whatever oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. I think the first real job that like taxes were taken out of, I had, a an almond raking position <laughs> so my my high school friends and i there there were three of us that got this job and first the the shaker goes through and and shakes the trees and then the sweeper goes through and then the uh the migrant workers would go through and uh, rake up everything and then we would go through and just pick up what was left yeah that was not fun what what was your hourly rate and what year was this? I must have been 16, and so that would have been 2000. Okay. Crazy, that was 21 years ago. It was. But what, and now I'm trying to think of what the minimum wage was back then. I think it was like 7 bucks. Wow. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it sounds about right, because when I started that job at the little grocery store, I want to say minimum wage was $3.25. That was minimum. In California. I know. It, everything's gone up. But it's funny to look back with 2021 vision and sure. think, oh my gosh. Three dollars and twenty-five cents. It seemed like enough, though. I I, oh, I don't remember like finding out that you know, oh, we're gonna make a minimum wage and well, being like bummed about it. Yeah, well, gas was ninety-nine cents. Well, it was, it was just so it was the independence that accompanies ha- having that that money, being responsible. I gotta say, we weren't very good employees. <laughs> no, no, you that, you're you're. It's like anything you do right off the bat. It takes a special kind of manager, special kind of person to oversee teenagers, right? Because it's your first doing anything responsible, and responsibility is something that teens struggle with anyway. So, Wes, there was no oversight. There wasn't? We would just show up. We were told what orchard to show up at. Wow. And that was it. You were basically given free money. Yeah. Well, we we <laughs> like to think that we worked. We'd walk up and down, and we'd rake, and then we'd you know take a long break and you know talk about school stuff. And- now, with your old man eyes, though. Mm-hmm. Judging what you did, how would you rate yourself? Uh, from a scale of, of one to ten, I would say we did a solid two and a half to three. <laughs> that sounds reasonable. That's yeah. fair. I yeah. mean, so so the the way it worked is we would uh, raking the almonds, we would rake them into in between the rows of trees. So there would be a lane of, of almonds we would rake into. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Am I describing? I hope I'm describing that. I think it's fine. Right? Yeah, yeah. So how long did the job last? It was only for the harvest season, so it was okay. a couple of months. Oh, that's great. Not not enough to get annoying. No, and it was it was fun. How it many hours just, did you put in a day? Just a handful. Just okay. a few few yeah. hours. Because we were, you know, full time high school sure. kids. Work didn't get interesting for me, Wes, until that job was over and I started working 
a jack-in-the-box Ooh, jalapeno poppers so that was like the first real real job i i worked at mcdonald's for i think a day before that if you're unfamiliar with the way mcdonald's makes burgers or at least made burgers at the time is you would put the burger on the grill and then you would push a button and a the top of the grill would come down and would cook the meat on both sides mm -hmm. now that top came down when i pushed the button and I burned my pinky finger. <laughs> Not severely, like it just barely touched the top of the grill, but it hurt so bad, and I, I didn't want to be there in the first place. It was a miserable day to be at work. It was freezing outside and raining. I was just furious, and I was like, I had this power, right? You feel empowered as a kid with your first job. You're like, I could quit. Mm -hmm. right? I, you know, I, I have a home to go to. Yeah, I don't have yeah. any bills to pay. Exactly. I could quit, and I did. <laughs> One day. <laughs> That one day I just quit. I was mad. I stormed out. I get out to my car in the rain, and I realized I had left my headlights on, and my car was dead. Oh. I had to go back inside and talk to the manager that I just quit and be like, yeah, remember what just happened? Well, sorry about that. Also, my car is dead. <laughs> it, I need some help. <laughs> and so he helped me jump my car, and I left, and I never went back. I don't even remember if I got a paycheck. I think I earned like 20 bucks that day. Oh, I'm sure there's a lawsuit in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was um, my first quitting. So raking the almonds was the first job, and then that just expired on us. That wasn't a – Yeah. A, that was nothing but seasonal. McDonald's, so given the first opportunity to quit, I quit. You took it. And then after that, a friend that I went to school with, uh, her dad owned uh, – a jack-in-the-box, a chain of jack-in-the-boxes. Oh, nice friend to have, yeah. And uh, she got me on board there. So, okay, now you just triggered something in me, that that awful little grocery store job mm -hmm. that I was telling you about. Well, my boss, Shelly, names may have been changed to protect the innocent, <laughs> but uh, she was so awful to me that I had finally, I, I did the same thing. I didn't calculate it this way, but of course it was no responsibilities, no bills, had a home, had a full refrigerator, all that stuff. So I walked into her one day after two weeks of fuming, and I had the most satisfying, most vulgar, I quit line that I dropped on her, and it felt so good. What was her reaction? Silence, because I'm Mr. Nice Guy. I am Mr. Try and keep it together, have a little class, and I called her every vulgar name in the book. And it felt so good, even to this day. Normally, if I do something out of line, I, I'm the kind of guy that will chew on it and feel bad, right? I, I feel like I could have handled that better. But even to this day, I'm rifling through my brain right now. Nope, I felt great. I still feel good about it. I was like, she was a horrible person. And I just, it was so personally satisfying. I ended up getting a job at a pizza parlor right, right after. And that was the most fun. We had a blast. It was just a group of people that just all seemed to gel. When the lights would go down and business was closed, we would run dough through the uh, pizza oven. Of course, we'd be eating fresh pizza dough all the time, you know, cooked pizza dough. Well, once the lights would go down, we'd stop baking stuff. We'd take the leftover dough and we'd have dough fights. And we would just roll <laughs> these balls up and we'd smack each other upside the head. And it was inevitable that somebody would get the idea of dipping it ever so slightly in pizza sauce. <laughs> so we'd end up walking out covered in mess. It was always gross. And my, my biggest bane, I was the kid who wouldn't use gloves because they kept slipping off, they're messy. So I would use my fingers, but then my fingers would smell like onions forever. Because lemon juice don't work. They'd say, oh, it does. No, it doesn't work. So I ended up compromising. I didn't like the gloves. So I'd put a spoon into the onion so that I could just dip it and scatter it around inefficiently, right? And that would inevitably get thrown away. So it would be me and the battle for the spoon, the whole shift. And it was just fun. Everybody, they gripe at me, but they didn't care. They knew Wes, right. Wes was this wuss. <laughs> and I totally was. And I looked forward to our dough ball fights at night. I got pretty good. I have a good, you know, left left arm. So nice. Yeah, left nice. Arm, yeah. You know, there's something to be said about what happens at fast food places after dark. Do tell. Well, the manager isn't there. Right. right? So whoever is like the, the shift leader, at least in, in my case, was, you know, 20. 
Yeah, that, that, mine too. Yeah. So he's overseeing, you know, I think every fast food place has an old lady that works there. So we had our old lady and she was in charge of, uh, she would come in like half an hour before close and chop up all the vegetables for the next morning. Oh yeah. So chopping the lettuce and onions, tomatoes mm-hmm. and the like. And so she would be there, but she was not part of the group and there was no threat of her ratting us out or anything she like that. She just did not care. You know, she's just supplementing her social security income. That mm-hmm. was all she was there to do. And she's not going to rock the boat. She's yeah. not there to make enemies. But the rest of us were kids. You know, so we'd have a ship. We would make new concoctions, try, you know, putting the making these cheesy chicken sandwiches with bacon and, you know, all the different sauces, just fun stuff like that. Oh, I'm so relieved. You had me really scared there for a minute. How's that? Well, all the things that teens get accused of doing after hours in I'm not done. Oh, oh, <laughs> dang it. Okay. No, no, we didn't do anything <laughs> gross to like the customer's food. There was right. no hanky panky or anything like that going uh-huh. on. But uh, our shift leader, I'll, Clayton, if, if you're listening, Clayton, mm-hmm. I remember you. He smoked clove cigarettes. Ooh. And Clayton was Dancing. a cool guy. And he's 20, right? So being, you know, 16, 17, 20 is like, old old mm-hmm. and it's like this guy's got life experience under his belt what a what a cool dude smoking these clove cigarettes and i never knew what a clove cigarette was it it doesn't smell like a regular cigarette it, it smells, smells kind of like good christmas so we, we would go on the roof of jack in the box at the end when we were all done cleaning up and we would smoke clove cigarettes and <laughs> and the the top of a jack in the box you, you look up there and it has this kind of uh facade that that covers up the roof but it's not that tall. It's only about, you know, waist high or so. Mm-hmm. So to be up there, you have to duck down because you don't want to be seen. You don't want the cops to show up. Yeah. So we would we would do that and then be like, well, I'm going to go home and get busted because I smell like this. And if Clayton knows what these are, I, my parents probably know what they are. What do I do? And Clayton gave me the best tip ever. He's like, on your way home, go to AMPM. Go in the back by the beer and get a lime. Just go in and buy a lime. You get out to the parking lot. You just crack into that lime. Just dig in with your fingers and get all that lime juice all over your fingers. And it'll neutralize the smell and you won't smell like it at all. And it worked. My parents didn't say anything, but, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, my clothes probably smelled that way. Yeah. (laughs) I remember my mom found a lighter in my pocket once when she was doing my laundry back in the good old days. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. That's got to be a good one. And, uh. I just remember, she's like, what's this? I was like, my friends smoke and I steal their lighters so they won't smoke. So, mom, wow, nice I'm sorry. Save. It was mine. Ooh. Yeah. Never, never talked about this since. Wow. But, yeah. So the truth is coming out here on, on hindsight. Oh, oh okay. That's, yeah. that, well, you know what that reminds me of? This, this ties into what we were talking about earlier and about finding things. My mother found my buddy's two live crew cassette. I think it was in my backpack. And of course, the reason why she would even look at it was because it had legs, women in bikinis, and their legs spread. Oh, boy. And and it had the, the band in the distance between the women's legs. <laughs> so she would look at it, and then she flipped it over. And of course, all the songs were vulgar, right? Awful, awful, awful. And she lost it. Oh. Lost it. I told her, I said, Mom... It's it's my it's my buddies. Don't please. And she liked my best friend. She loves my best friend. I'm like it's his. Please don't please don't destroy it. She's like I'm gonna destroy this. This is garbage. So she starts she starts to jump up and stomp on it, and she spreads her legs real quick because she wouldn't do it. It was it was cute. I mean, at the time, I thought my mother has lost her mind, <laughs> and I'm gonna lose my head. But she ended up picking it up. She says, "I want this out of the house. I don't want it." ever back i don't want to talk about this episode again sorry mom i'm talking about it right now <laughs> of course if i ask her she'll go i don't remember that <laughs> parents always have that that amnesia it amazes me well i do that with my kids though too do you oh every night the little ones will say dad remember you said i could have a piece of candy after dinner but like i don't remember that but but that's because dave makes that stuff up yeah you know he's just like hmm well now i mean if he is he's He's crafty. Getting in my brain a little bit. He's crafty. Because sometimes I'll, I'll think, I well, maybe I did say that. Mm-hmm. But no, he, he is crafty. So did you ever steal anything from, from work? God, no. 
Even uh, when you worked at the corner store, you didn't? No. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I may have told her off, but like I said, I, I couldn't live with myself. Let me, let me tell you something. This will give you a little background about me and stealing. I am five years old. I walk into the grocery store with my mother. I'm holding onto the cart. We're going all over the place. I managed to work a couple of orange flavor aid packets into my pocket and I got out. And I, as soon as we got out of the door, I went from being afraid of being arrested to feeling so guilty that I took somebody else's stuff that I started crying. I'm fine. I'm bawling. And my mother, I remember this so clearly. My mother's like, what is wrong? I said, I, in, in, you know, snot's running down my nose. I pulled these two and it was two orange flavor aids out of my pocket and I showed them to my mother and she was livid but controlled because she knew my conscience got me. So she made me walk back in by myself to turn those back into the cashier and apologize. And it was, that was so liberating. I had never felt better in my life at the fact that I returned it, apologized and walked out. I felt so wonderful. So I, no. So for me, stealing, that's not my thing. I couldn't do it. I couldn't live with myself. And if I did, yeah, the guilt would just eat me alive. But with that great moral moment, let's hear about you. <laughs> well, other than stealing food from from Jack in the Box. Oh, I, I mean, guess. Uh-huh. We, yeah, we would. Well, we did that with dough, right? And I guess we stole money, too, because we're smoking cloves on the clock on the roof, not on any break or anything. Didn't clock out for that. Isn't that funny? Now we're dicing it like that. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I, I would be livid. I would be livid. Yeah. So I, I, I would have said that, yeah, our on the clock dough fights were definitely a theft of time. Absolutely. And the dough. Time was. theft is serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No lunchtime. <laughs> Don't miss your lunches. Take your lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Every job I've had, it's you got to clock out and lunch. You, listen, lunch is important. It's very important. You got to clock out for lunch. I don't really understand what, like, if I clock out at 12 or 1215 or no, why no. it's so important, but it is. And I guess, yeah, like, we're not HR into other people's yeah. times. And, but there's, there's odd stuff too. There's overages and you have to take a break X every X amount of hours. Mm-hmm. And I worked at the bank. I was just like, I'm in the middle of something. This doesn't make sense. And my boss being like, you had nine overages last pay period. I'm like, what's that mean? My pay check wasn't bigger. I don't know. It's a California thing. We're not HR. I don't, I, I would never want to be HR. You know, there's people that go and get degrees for that. Yes. And that, Oh gosh, what a sad, <laughs> I respect you and thank you for taking on HR, all of you who do, because there's no way I would ever want to do it, ever. No. So Jack in the Box. Yeah. Okay, so I was I was there for somewhere between eight months and a year. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the, the girl that her dad owned the place quit. And oh. she was kind of my motivation for even being there in the first place. Yeah. So then things really got lousy. Now, all the management there was Indian and they were very serious people mm-hmm. like the like the general manager of the shop and a lot of his family worked there sure very serious very by the books very oh these, these people are fast right and they took fast food very seriously mm-hmm. so the job started to suck really bad Clayton left and I'm working days like mornings mornings at jack-in-the-box those are the real heroes, Wes. No kidding. <laughs> I'm I'm done talking about nurses. It's that drive through. Oh yeah. The craziest, craziest people would come through. Everyone's demanding. Everyone just hates you, and just they they look down their nose at you. Isn't that funny? I here's the thing that's funny for me is I do think these poor people who work at these fast food restaurants and have to put up with the awful humanity that runs through the drive through. I have been cut off in a drive through You know, you get the double lanes. Mm-hmm. I've been cut off dozens of times by terrible people, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and then they're the ones that are griping at these poor people in the drive through I have mad respect for anybody who puts up with the morning rush at any fast food restaurant. That's tough. I tell you what, though. One time I had, uh, I was working drive through and this guy who picked on me in high school came through. I got him kicked out of school. Oh. Yeah, because... You know, my teacher liked me a lot. And uh-huh. was a tiny little school that I went to. Yeah. 100 kids, kindergarten through high school. Oh, yeah. He was a new kid, and I'd been there for, you know, a year or so. So I was established. And he'd pick on me, and I got tired of it, and I told on him. And he got kicked <laughs> out. But he said some pretty vile things to me. 
Stuff that I, re- I still remember now. Wow. I still okay. remember. And if I worked at the drive-thru now and he came through, I might do the same to him now as I did then. Really? He came through, and you don't know who it is right over the speaker. You have the headset on. Mm-hmm. And they get up to the window, and you're just like, oh, it's you. Oh, it's you. Dun, okay. Dun, dun. Well, now I know. You're lucky I'm not working, Grill, because if I were, I'd have a Clarence Thomas moment. <laughs> 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 but oh. since, since I'm not... So I handed him his food. He's like, oh, hey, he's very nice. Oh, good to see you. Good to see you. No, no apology or anything in, in that you know minute and a half interaction we had. Um, but I reached into his bag and just crushed all of his sandwiches just into mush. Just like so <laughs> when he went home to open these things up, it was just the ball of a croissant sandwich. It was wow. just squished it. Okay, by that standard, yeah. I now think that lots of people hate me. Because <laughs> every sandwich I get is like. You need to treat the fast food workers with a little bit of respect out there, people. There's I know. Kids trying to make their way. And, and now with the way the economy is, there's a lot of older people working there, too. Oh, yeah. It's it's actually changed, I think. I yeah. think it's more older people now. Um, I also remember going to other Jack in the Boxes. And having an employee code and getting an employee discount. Ooh, and it was very, very fancy. Yeah. So I'd roll through with my friends and be like, uh, I need an employee discount on that. You know, I work at store 689 or whatever it yeah. was. And they're like, okay. Ooh. Yeah. This is nice. Very shishi. I don't yeah. remember how much the discount was, but it must have been big enough to make it worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd have like dropped that so. if I had. That, that's pretty much uh, Jack in the Box. I, I ended up. Obviously quitting that shortly after that girl left. And then I got a job at a pizzeria as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love. I got to say, if I were to open a restaurant, which is just stupid, right? Because they're all, <laughs> it's hard to make them make a go with them. But I would open a pizzeria because I would have a blast doing it. Sure. And because I love pizza. When they say that pizza is just absurdly profitable. Yeah. Well, I could see that. Yeah, I could totally see that. If you do go into business, let a brother know. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you enjoyed your time at the pizzeria. Loved the pizzeria job. Now I worked at Papa Murphy's, so it was take and bake. Oh yeah. And I didn't work there very long either. Looking back, what I realized was I just didn't like working. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to hang out with my friends. Wait a second. Are you a millennial? Uh, okay. Yeah. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> now no. I work. Now I work. <laughs> but then I just didn't like it. So I had this old pickup truck. And uh, my buddies and I realized we could put a canoe in the back of it, right? Yeah. Turn the canoe upside down, and it would kind of like hang over the cab. But we could tie it all down. We'd go down to the river, and we found a little little island kind of in the river we'd canoe out to and camp on. Oh, right on. Yeah. And we used the excuse of fishing. We threw out a line and never catch anything. But it was, it was more or less to see if we could get beer and have a bonfire. That sounds like such a great time. It was a lot of fun. You know, it's, you find out you if you put a two liter of soda on a bonfire, that thing explodes. It's a it's a bomb. <laughs> there needs to be a warning label. Really? Oh, oh uh, yes. Really. But that's things things you learn. But anyways, we found out that the the canoe could fit on the this truck, and so with that, and having to work like on a Friday. Oh, you're done. No, come on. You're done. So I made up all sorts of lies for not going into work. And finally, I called in another time. They're like, do you even want to work here anymore? Oh. <laughs> it's like, nah. No. Funny, that was only that was the first time I was told that at a job. The first? I was, I was, I was, or I, I was asked that at a job. Okay. Down the line at another job, I was asked that as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And oh. the, again, the same response. No. No, I I, I, I don't think I can do this yeah. anymore. So you worked at the pizzeria. What was next for you? Well, after that, actually, after that, I moved into a classic retail. I worked for a company called Nicasa. They make plates, dinnerware, stemware, flatware, very classy joint. That was my favorite job as a young person. I got to, I mean, it was basically, you know, people with money would come in and buy full, full dinnerware sets. Wedding parties would come in and they would select this stuff. And it was fun. It was great fun. Everybody that I worked with was fun, and it was so low-key. So low-key. I, I haven't talked to those people in you know, 30 years, and a lot of a couple of them are still local. I did reach out and got in touch with one of them, and uh, the intention is, after COVID, go have dinner with her because we just had such a good time. She was, I was 18. She was 35, which I thought was so old and mature. 
I was, and these were all my friends, everybody that I worked with. There were a couple of people who were my age. There was a 18 year old, a 20 year old. I was the youngest and all of my co-employees were 32, 29, you know, 40. I think one of the ladies was even 55 who was working there. And I loved all of these people. They were just neat people. And I can remember being called the baby. Oh, don't worry. Time's going to pass quickly. What do you know? You're old. And they were so right. So absolutely right. But I had a great time with these people. We would pull pranks on each other. Just a, a really great amount of camaraderie. Not a lot of adventures at that time in work because I was so focused on my junior college studies oh and on my girlfriend at the time and running around with my friends, just the antics that, that were that were there, right? So work was actually a break for me. And I stayed there for a couple of years until the military. Do you feel um, like, like me where hanging out with my friends was detrimental to kind of my my development or my my work life at least I, I prioritized friends over work we all you know what I think I think that we just can't help it I think that's just part of our social development at that age I enjoyed my job though I was I really truly enjoyed my job and it was the first job I actually really worked hard at and really wanted to work hard at and really I, I loved it um, and also because I was able to stand around and talk. For the majority of it, if people weren't in the store, we just stood around the you know the registers and we'd have great conversations. Yeah, that was a break for me. It wasn't a, a de- and the, the friends were a detriment in a different way. Um, I made choices about school. I didn't want to leave my friends, so I made a junior college choice versus a an actual university choice. Mm-hmm. And so, in that sense, maybe it was detrimental. I don't know. Yeah, not not from the work perspective. So after you know Papa Murphy's, I just wanted to hang out with my friends. I didn't. How long was it between jobs after Papa Murphy's and your next job? How long did you just hang out? It's funny. I'm trying to think and, and remember. You're like, I don't even know what my last job was. Yeah. What's employment mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I was still going to, to school. Mm-hmm. Jeez, man. I, I got I to gotta think for a sec. What, what did I do? After, after, uh, after the, the pizza place, I got an internship through school. We had a, a program where if you, you get an internship internship at a local business, um, you get uh, credit. So mm-hmm. this would be my junior year. So mm-hmm. it was a new high school for me. I, I left my little tiny high school and went to an even tinier high school oh. that probably had, I don't know, 50 kids. It was, it was more focused. So it was a mix of people that were delinquents mm-hmm. and people that just wanted to be done with high school. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my friends from the little brethren school that I went to ended up at this little school too. Okay. And so I got a, through them, I got an internship at an office supply store oh. where everybody wants to intern. It was a big deal. Like to, to get this internship, it was, it was hard to get <laughs> a couple of the guys couldn't pass the drug test there Oh, already. And then the goal was to have that internship turn into a job. Mm-hmm. Like that was my goal from day one of the internship. That's what I told them. How'd that go? I was the only one they hired. Well. So I did get hired. It was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. I, I would work in, and this is a small, it's not a chain. It was okay. a small family owned office supply store. They had office supply on one side of the building and then like office furniture mm-hmm. on the other. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you have like furniture salesmen and those guys over mm-hmm. there. I used to think those guys are big shots. They're wearing suits every day to work. Being a, a high school kid, you're just like, how much money do these guys make? Right. Isn't that funny? Yeah. No, no idea. They're bringing in 25, 30 grand. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like that's it. Yeah. Tops. And so I'd be working in the back and uh, worked with this guy, Bobby. And Bobby was this kind of very jolly, fun, bald guy. And we would like do, we'd stock the shelves and do inventory and unload the, or the trucks would come in and we'd unpack everything and mm-hmm. go over the packing list. It was, it was a lot of fun. Then Bobby left and then the boss that hired me left and then the new boss came in. And have you ever had a boss or someone in your life that just tries too hard to be hip and young when they are obviously not? Oh yeah. That's it's what this awkward. guy was. Very awkward. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember his name, but he was just young and or trying to be young and hip. And I am at the time, 16 17 mm-hmm. he's in his 30s he's got a wife he's got kids and he's just you know i'm listening to like sports radio and oh he's like oh yeah well you know here's what i think about the san francisco giants and blah 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 mm-hmm. and, and bro did you even see this we're not friends 
It's awkward. Yeah. Like we don't even know each other. You just you came into this acting like we had rapport with one another. Like I guess that's your management style. Yeah. But because of him and because the the other, you know, bosses and people I enjoyed working with left. Mm-hmm. I just lost interest in the job and stopped caring and <laughs> you know I I'm sensing a theme. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It is a theme, isn't it? <laughs> My shrink says the same thing. Wow. We're working through it. Yeah, eventually I just called in sick too many times and gave too many excuses. There's like killed it. How many times can your great uncle die? Okay. All right. <laughs> First of all, I that that just segues into my entire senior year, I would cut school. And this is relates to the how detrimental were friendships? Okay. So my best friend had talked me into cutting school once. Now I was such a goody goody that I would go to school first period, schedule whatever tests I needed to take that day in that first period, like made sure that I turned in my homework, the whole thing. Then I would go to my great uncle's funeral in wherever, my great aunt's funeral. I had so many people dying in senior year. It was ridiculous. And my mother, and she knows this, she still gets mad about this. I could forge my mother's signature beautifully. And and let me, let me explain. My mother's signature is textbook. Like, you know, when you were a kid and you'd see the handwriting decals up around the top of the seat, you know, uh, top of the walls, that's my mother's script. So all I had to do was carefully sign her name in this beautiful textbook script and I would get to go with no problems. So my buddy and I, what would we do? Here's the thing. What would you do as a high schooler with free time? You went to the mall. <laughs> you went to a GD mall. Yeah. And what did you do at the mall? Well, because you had a total of $12 in your pocket, right. you would Not go much. to the mall and you would buy a burger. And then you would hang out someplace outside at a park or some ridiculous place, right? And that was what we did cutting school. That's what I did anyways. And I remember favorite high school memory. Okay. So my buddy and I have cut class. I've done all of it. I did the note, took the test, turned in the homework, the whole thing. I have the one and only 1964 and a half Mustang. It was pine green. And I pull up to an intersection and my buddy and I are sitting there and we look across the way and who is at the other, other side? My mother. Oh no. So what did we do? We ducked. Oh, we're at an intersection. Tell it's me like, it worked. It's like magic car. Just we <laughs> ducked. Well, it actually was needless because my mother drives like she's got blinders on. And lo and behold, she never found out about it. So this all of our cutting stories, my mother, if she's listening right now, she is literally tearing at something. If she's got a small <laughs> child, they're losing skin. She's so mad right now because... Oh. We And we got away, and of course, and this is rule number one, any young people, never share your getaway stories with your parents. It doesn't go well. <laughs> it just doesn't go well. She's still, mad, she's still mad about that. But that that's something. And then I wanted to add real quick, we were talking about, you were talking about Bobby in the back who helped yes. you. So I, I had a, a uh, you know, a backroom guy named uh, Mark, and Mark introduced me to Eddie Money's music. I had, you know, you hear Eddie Money. Oh, I like Eddie Money. He loved Eddie Money. And I couldn't believe all the songs that I had been missing out. (laughs) And because of Mark, I too love Eddie Money. Just an amazing, so that was one of those unintended benefits of working this one job is I developed a love of Eddie Money. Who knew? So the, the boss asked me again when I called in sick one day, do you even want to work here anymore? Oh, that's the worst. And being that that was the second time that question had been posed to me, I, I was ready. No, I do not. <laughs> the, I'm good. Thank you, though. And so I went back and got like a final check. And that was that was kind of a sad experience because I liked my, my coworkers. Mm-hmm. They were, by my age, old ladies yeah. right? that the worked there on the office supply side. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Like they'd take their lunch and then I'd have to go work at the copy center. And mm-hmm. when the, I really enjoyed working in the, the copy center, oddly, because people would come in like, when she went on vacation, I manned it full time. And so people would come and be like, I need this big giant poster board made. And so I would like print out things in a grid and then paste them all together. And the customer would come in and be like, 
I guess that'll work. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I was very proud <laughs> of the terrible job I did. <laughs> but I tried really hard. At the time, I thought it was good. But now looking back, it's like, oh, boy. They must have just hard. hated when she went on vacation. I'm sure they did. They yeah. were just like, ah, at least he's working. Oh. It's not a hoodlum. So I, uh, I did have another job after that. I, I graduated high school. I graduated early. All right, I had enough credits, mm-hmm. so I just stopped going to school. Is really what happened. Yeah, and that the principal was fine with it. So I started working for again one of my my friends in high school that went to little school with me, or the the first little school, mm-hmm. and then followed me to the second little school. Oh, okay. Um, his girlfriend's dad owned a septic company, oh. installing like new septic tanks and like taking out old ones, and it's a gross business to be in. But he paid well. I, I remember getting like 10, 12 bucks an hour. But I don't know if I've ever worked harder. Like as a kid, I was at the job site or at the the yard where the, the trucks were at five o'clock in the morning and loading up, breaking ice off of these big PVC pipes and loading up the truck and making sure that the, the backhoe's all tied down, chained down properly. And, you know, kind of in hindsight, they gave me a lot of, a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. being a, a young kid. Yeah. And so I did that for a while. When you're on a job, the way it would work was it would be me and then the the guy in the back. It was just the two of us on a job. The, guy, the operator you know, made a ton of cash. He did great for himself. But the big boss would only come around maybe if you were lucky once a day. Mm-hmm. He was not nice. He had the biggest like split personality you would ever see <laughs> off work. The guy was nice. like He was friendly and fun and like you wanted to hang out with him. You know, his business was very successful. So they were always off doing fun things, you yeah. know, traveling. Um, one of his daughter was was big in like softball. So they're, you know, tra- like on a travel team. So they're traveling all over the state and, you know, they're going camping and they got water skis and campers, you know, big money. So it's like, this guy's nice. And he'd invite you on stuff and take you out to dinner. Just the sweetest guy. Then you get at work and it's nothing but F-bombs and he hates everybody and he hates you and he's going to scream at you. I just, I couldn't get it. I'm like, his name's Greg. Greg, what's happening here? I just don't understand. And he was just such a jerk. I I worked there for probably not a day over six months. Mm -hmm. And finally, he just came in screaming one day. And I don't even know what he was upset about. I still don't know. Yeah. I just like, I quit on the spot. It happened to be a day that I drove to the job site. So I had my car there. And maybe I already had it in the back of my mind. Like, I just don't want to hear this guy one more time. It was just completely unnecessary. And, of course, my very next job was uh, military basic training. So oh, yeah. I, I went from a guy who probably didn't really hate me to a guy that I think really did hate did me. Did hate you, sucker. <laughs> you know what, though? I, what I love about this is it's I, unintentionally, I'm fascinated at the Ian quit stories. Yeah. They're, they're not yeah. so much first jobs as they are. First quits. I'm just getting better and better and better at quitting. <laughs> You're getting. You're improving in your quitting skills. I, I have to say, I'm impressed. So I, I've gotten better at quitting <laughs> as, as I've gotten older. So that was a rage quit. I just yeah. rage quit. And that's also why you don't take jobs from people that you know personally, right? Because I've heard this before, and I've seen this in action, where it, there is something that comes up. There's a professional person and there's the normal person. Sometimes it's not that they're mean. It's just that they're not funny anymore. This is serious, you know, and then others just literally drop off the deep end when they're at work. And it's a weird phenomenon because I know that I am pretty consistent as to who I am at work and who I am personally. And so for me, that's a hard thing to understand is how does a person so quickly change sure simply i mean and it's we all change a little bit right depending on the scenario but a 180 i don't get that and so it's that's unrecognizable that. at yeah. work this guy today i i haven't seen him in a long time we kind of made amends i don't remember what i said to him yeah but whatever i said i i think maybe just never had anybody just be like you know screw you yeah and and that probably and and coming from a kid yeah that's that's no and you're way. a nice guy. And I imagine that you were probably even even in your teen years, you were probably a decent chap anyways. I like to think so. Yeah. I, I was interested. I was I liked learning. I yeah, you know, I, I'd pay close attention and 
I'm kind of a perfectionist by nature. So, and a job like that really doesn't lend itself to to that mindset mm-hmm. because it's just kind of get in and get out, get the job done. You're mm-hmm. digging trenches. They don't have to be just right. You measure things with the, the level to make sure the flow's right and the big concrete distribution boxes. And again, being little, I was not big. I was 120 pounds. Yeah. I was a, a scrawny guy. It just wasn't for me. All told, like the job was hard. And maybe if the job was easier and not so demanding, then you could put up with a little bit more of Greg mm-hmm. being mean. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't. So I, I, I quit that in a rage <laughs> and didn't really ever, didn't have another regular job until un, until the military. Until you signed up. That's not a job that you quit. You know, when your enlistment's up, there's that's it. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to stay in that. So I, I left that. And since then, I've worked at I did rage quit one more time. I have rage quit again. <laughs> okay, everyone, his face just changed. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I just remembered I did. I actually, so I, <laughs> this isn't like a, a story from youth. It's not that long ago, but I, oh. I feel kind of obligated to tell it now. All right, let's hear a rage quit story. After the military, as a full-time student, I went to, to school and then I used what they called the post 9-11 GI Bill, where they actually paid me on top of paying for my school. They paid me every month. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to have a job. I could just focus on school. And the time came when that was starting to dry up and I had just gotten married and had a kid. And so I needed to kind of, well, this is going to dry up. I got to have something coming in. What am I, I going to do? And my neighbor was a car salesman and he's like, hey, if you want a job, I can get you on. You can always find a job. So he worked at, at a Honda dealership and I started over there and I worked there for I don't know, five or six months, if that. And he's like, hey, I got this other gig. I'm leaving this place. I want to take you with me. I got a job at this little used car lot. You ought to come. So, okay. So I followed him there. (laughs) And I was like, so do I need to give these guys notice? He's like, that's not how it works in the car biz. Don't tell them anything. I will handle that for you. But on this date, you just don't come in here. (laughs) So I didn't quit or anything there. Hmm. I just stopped going. Okay. (laughs) But the new place, we had this, the, the owner of the joint. So it was a little lot. I think they had like a hundred cars or okay. so in inventory, a little corner lot. Yeah. Moved a lot of, of inventory, so you get paid. But you're selling these used cars. And I say used, I'm talking 250,000 mile Honda Civics that's 15 years old. Yeah. And uh, the people that are financing these don't qualify anywhere else. Yeah. And so they have a real hard time. There's a lot of, it's very emotional for a lot of people. And then after going through all that, these cars break down from time to time on mm-hmm. them. And so it's just, it's real hard. And then they blame you. Which I guess I can understand that, but it's not accurate because I, I can't predict what's going to happen. It's a 250,000-mile car. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you have to have some sort of expectation there, and I, I'm just the employee, right? I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. the owner. I'm not going and buying these things and reselling them. But anyways, you do that so long, and then you just have so many people scream at you mm-hmm. that dealing with a boss that screams at you and is high all the time. Ooh. He would get out. He would pull up on the lot, get out of his truck, just a pillar of smoke, you know, would just just plume out, and just uh, here here he comes, here he comes. And go, what's going on, Mister? What, what do you have? What do you have? It's one of these guys, right? He's just he's he's so he, he's wired to go 100 yeah. miles an hour, totally all intense the time. Yeah. And if he wasn't high, I can't even imagine. Yeah, how fast this guy would operate. I sold a car to this guy, really big guy. And he had bought it for his kid for, you know, like his kid's first car Christmas present type thing. Okay. So his kid's on like the Bay Bridge and it breaks down. It's this old, it's a Volvo. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Come to find out when they had bought this car at auction, it had a bad engine in it. And what they did was they took an engine from a different model of Volvo and put it in this. So it didn't, it wasn't even the right engine for the car. So serial numbers didn't match, nothing matched. And this guy found out after the car broke down and he took it to his mechanic. And uh, when something would go wrong with our cars, we didn't do anything. Like that was it. Well, you should have read the contract. Yeah. Sorry, nothing I can do for you. The way it would happen, these guys would come in and be like, okay, listen, I hear you. Let me talk talk to my boss. Let me give my boss a call. And I'll be a nope, 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 mister. Nope, not doing that. Mm -mm, Nothing I can do. And so then you have to go to this this customer and be like, I got nothing for you. He says no. This guy started jumping up and down. I've he's six five easy. Ooh. Screaming. Just screaming. Just jumping up and down. And I went in and you know, my friend Dave was still there. Yeah. I was like, Dave, 
F it, I quit, man. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, and he's just like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And so he kind of came out and diffused the situation with the guy and, and kind of got that put back together. The big boss showed up and he was furious at me because he thought I was promising the customer something. He was so high, he didn't understand what I was saying on the phone. Mm-hmm. And so he started yelling at me. I was like, F you, dude. Yeah. I'm done. Just yeah. like, screw this, screw you, screw everything. And I walked over to uh, what we called the Jack lot. <laughs> Oddly enough, it was a lot behind Jack in the Box where uh-huh. we had like extra inventory and stuff was being worked on. That's where employees parked. So I was walking over there and he was following me the whole time, just kind of screaming. I get my car, I peel out, left. Yeah. Wow. Now yeah. you built up a good story there where I'm on your side. I'm totally on your side on that one. It was yeah. rough. It was rough. And so Dave calls me and he, you know, oh, it'll be better. Come back, come back, come back. And I was like, it's not, dude, it's the inventory. It's the big boss. I don't want to work there anymore. I worked there three times total. <laughs> you came back? I came back. Oh. I came back. Well, least- And then I quit again. And then I came back. Ouch. No wonder when we met, you were so downtrodden and cynical. Dude, and in between, I worked at other car lots too. And so then when uh, yeah. I moved up here to the North State, and to another car sales job, like I just hated car sales. Mm-hmm. Like it was just the worst. I did it for four years, maybe. Yeah, just the worst. Man. Well, the just time the that and here and 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 this is how you and I met was we both were selling cars, and we both hated selling cars. It's just the worst. Yeah, people. Well, you don't understand. That's what we bonded over was our hatred of selling cars. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. <laughs> What people don't understand that have never done it is it's hard to have a job where everybody hates you. Yeah. And I experienced it in in fast food, but to a much greater degree selling cars. Everyone hates a car salesman. It's a yeah. joke on TV. Every time it's like, oh, you must be a used car salesman. Not, oh, you're just a you know a 23-year-old dude trying to feed your family. Yeah. <laughs> like, What's so funny about it is that everybody hates a car salesman. But if you're a nice car salesman, they won't buy from you. That's right. They that always right. buy from the ones that are going to rip them off 100% mm-hmm. of the time, every single time. And, yeah. we, and you've seen it. The nicer you are, the less money you make. It's like people have to be coerced, blackmailed, you know, arm twisted into parting with $30,000, $60,000. They won't work with a nice person. And yeah. that's why I, I wasn't the most successful car salesman. I barely got by because I'm, I was a decent chap, I'd like to think. so. Well, in order to yeah. get paid doing it, you have to be kind of uh, a little shysty with, with the, the customer. You absolutely do. You, you, you're not going to get paid unless you give them less for their trade-in than it's worth. Absolutely. You're not going to get paid if you you know get discounts on the car they're trying to buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, so you are fighting. When I say you're not getting paid, I mean you're not getting paid. You, yeah. you make a, a small minimum commission that they have to pay you, but it's like 100 bucks at some lots. It's 200 bucks at another. And so... You, know, you might not sell a car for several days. You sell one car in three days, you make $200. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at a minimum wage position. Yeah. And you make minimum wage and they fire you. So and, you're, and you're working on Saturdays oftentimes. Every holiday. Every holiday, Sundays. You never had a free, a free day. Yeah, I, I will say this. The, the successful car salesman, there's a couple. Actually, I know one who is a decent human being. Sure. But all the other ones were... <laughs> Pretty rough. <laughs> we're going to put it this way. They were colorful. The, the, we'll call them the career guys. Yeah. The, the guys in their their 50s and 60s that are, are selling cars. If you go to a lot and you're looking for something, go with the kid. Yeah. You know, get yeah. the young guy. He's not there to, to rip you off. He's not been in it long enough to be jaded. He's just trying to He to doesn't know how. Paycheck. He's excited yeah. to, to get that paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and give him a break. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, it's so true. Don't you know what? We him. should actually just do a podcast just on... The car business, because now I, I have family that are lifers in the car business. I was a two-yearer, so I have a little bit of understanding, but we should just do a podcast just on how to, I know it's hindsight, but really there's right. something about how to maneuver at a par, at a car lot because there enjoy, are ways to do. To <laughs> I do like it. how we wrap up this show every, every time talking about the podcast that we should do. We, and if yeah. we followed through with it, I we'll mean, have we would have a mighty network and we do nothing else with our lives except talking to microphones. Absolutely. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Oh, and for the record, I didn't rage quit that job up here in the North State. <laughs> you just I, abandoned me. I did abandon you. I, For the record, I tried to get you to come with me to the next position. Yeah, I knew, I but I knew, I knew I would rage quit that place. 
I could just tell. You would have loved it as much as me. <laughs> I, I got excited there. I worked there for a year, over a year, like a year and a half. And at a year, I got a plaque. And it was just like so appropriate. That was the last like time I've worked for somebody. Ever since then, I've been in business for myself. Yeah. But just how appropriate that I held that job for a year and I got a plaque for it. Wow. Like, <laughs> somebody recognized that good old Ian didn't rage quit and he held the job for a they year. They must have known. They looked through all of your must have known <laughs> back data. Oh, can you imagine? I didn't list. Uh, I, I didn't list them as a reference. Yeah. The, the old car lots. So yeah, it was, it was fun going down memory lane, looking at all these old jobs we had and kind of the characters. I hadn't thought about working in septic for a long time or mm-hmm. or what that experience was like. Met crazy guys crazy guys over the years and i wonder what they're up to now i have no idea i don't remember their names no way to find out i still run into some of my co-workers one one of one of the the ladies who will cut my hair now and who bought a car from me was one of my friends that we got into dough ball fights with so i still talk to her <laughs> oh boy yeah. you gotta show up with just a, a plate of pizza dough one time just be like for old go? time's sake. Right? Let's go. Let's go. I, I even got some marinara sauce. Oh, geez. Get messy see a quick. fastball? <laughs> <laughs> well, Wes, I think it's time to wrap it up. This has gone on just a little bit longer than usual. It seems oh, like wow. our shows usually clock in about an hour, but, you know, for, for everyone out there listening, we're not putting a, a hard time on it. Nah. It's just want to have kind of natural conversations. And we hope that you guys are having fun, too. So yeah. Eventually, you'll be able to let us know. You know, well, that, that's the idea is that, you know, this is maybe making you think back on some of your old bosses or, you know, past experiences that maybe you haven't thought about in a while. And again, as crazy as the world seems to be, and it's knows, nice to get away by the time this airs, it's it's hard to say what will be going on. But the way things are happening now, just be a little bit crazier than it is right at the Absolutely. moment of recording. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a little bit of escapism and yeah. you know, kind of remembering when, when times were a little different, a little simpler. So. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yep. Thanks. And we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, later. Hindsight, a nostalgia podcast, is a product of Forgotten Man Media and is sponsored in part by 461 Veteran Clothing Company. If you would like to support our show, please consider subscribing and leaving a nice review on the podcast service of your preference. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.